So today we're going to be wrapping up our series, Potholes of Life. This is season number three of Potholes of Life. Today is actually episode six of this specific uh, season of Potholes of Life. And if you've missed it, um, or if you're not really sure what a pothole is, as we talk about a pothole of life, well, we know potholes in the ground are, are these holes in the pavement that your car goes boom, boom, right? Like, like it hits it and your car jumps a little bit, could even give you a flat tire, mess up your rim, all kinds of stuff, cause a lot of pain. And in the pothole of life, we describe it as a hole or a depression in the road of life that causes hurts and pains in us or people around us. Now, these different things in our life can hurt us and in turn hurt other people. And it's why we got to identify them and we've got to learn how to combat them. And it doesn't mean that we just combat it once, right? And all these different things that we've talked about throughout this entire series, even this specific season, we talked about shame. Whenever we do something that messes up, the, 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 that little voice of shame wants to creep up again. It wants to hit us again, and we got to know how to combat it. Whenever these things come, we fight them. And before I tell you what we were talking about today, I want to start it with a little story. And how many of you ever walked the dog? Anybody here ever walked the dog? Yeah? Have any of you ever been walked by a dog? You know what I'm talking about, or at least you've seen somebody. Maybe if you have a bigger dog, like you see somebody on the street like walking the dog, and all of a sudden the dog looks like they're walking the person, right? Something you always see when a dog's being walked, right? They're tethered to the leash or whatnot. You always see the dog, no matter the size. They're like always at one point or another trying to run away. Like they're, they're trying to run off to the side and you're like reeling them back in or they're trying to get to a far ahead of you and you're breathing or they're trying to stay behind you and you're pulling them forward, right? They're, 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 they're on this leash and the leash is what holds them back. And in our lives, many of us, like the dog, are tethered to this leash, something that is holding us back. And the different... Um, rings or the different things that are holding us might be bitterness or it, it, it might be resentment or it might be even uh, thinking of revenge and how you're going to get your, your you know, revenge for something that somebody did to you or things of that nature. But even though those are the individual things that we talk about, it's really unforgiveness. And this morning, that's the pothole I want to talk about, the pothole of unforgiveness. And perhaps you're like, man, Unforgiveness? We're going to talk about unforgiveness on Father's Day. I mean, it's Father's Day. Let's talk about something like, you know, our amazing Father, He loves us, He's good, and He is, and He's amazing. But can I tell you, this is one of the most dangerous and worst potholes, unforgiveness. Forgiving doesn't come naturally to us, does it? No, as a matter of fact, most people, I can say it this way, everyone wants to receive forgiveness quickly. How many of you, raise your hand, if you want to be forgiven quickly when you mess up? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this one, but I'll be honest. Sometimes it's hard for me to forgive quickly. See, we want to receive it quickly, but we tend to hold it and not forgive in the same speed that we want to receive it. And as I was looking at the definition of unforgiveness, I found this one written by a psychologist, and I found it as a very good definition. It's going to come up on the screen. It says that unforgiveness is a state of emotional and mental distress that results from a delayed response in forgiving another. Listen to that, okay? A state of emotional and mental distress 
that results from a delayed response in forgiving an offender. And look at some of the characteristics of it, characterized by indignation, characterized by bitterness, and a demand for punishment or restitution. You mess this up, you've got to fix it. You got to pay the price. You got to that result comes because of unforgiveness. And again, it's something that we encounter. It's something that we all want to receive forgiveness, but we tend to not want to give it. And I wrote down four lies about forgiveness. Four lies I want to talk about of forgiveness. Ready? The first lie, or one of the lies about forgiveness is this. It's a favor that you're doing for someone else. We tend to think that when we forgive somebody, I'm doing them a favor. Like, that's a lie. You're not doing anybody any favor by forgiving. We're going to break them down a little bit more later. But again, one of the lies, it's a favor we do for someone who hurt us. Here's another lie about forgiveness we forgive when we feel ready to do so. Has anybody ever told you that? I'm just not ready to forgive them yet. Listen, that's a lie. Forgiveness has nothing to do with somebody being ready or not. Okay? Here's a third lie about forgiveness. The person who hurt us must be sorry for what they did. I'm not going to forgive them because they're not sorry. They haven't apologized right? That's another lie. Here's another one. Fourth lie about forgiveness. It means that what the person did was okay, or in other words, it lets them off the hook. See, sometimes we withhold forgiveness because we feel that if we forgive the person, we just let them off the hook. That's a lie. That's not what forgiveness is. I want to explain this to you and, and draw it in this type of scenario or picture. Unforgiveness is a prison and the person who hasn't forgiven is the prisoner. It's a prison, and the person who has not forgiven is the prisoner. When you think about the lies, right, the first one that I told you, that, that, that the, it's a favor that you're doing for the person who hurt us. It's not true. Forgiveness has nothing to do about the person who hurt you. It has everything to do about setting yourself free. It's nothing to do about them. Because when we don't forgive, we're in a prison, self-imposed prison, like we're putting ourselves on timeout. And we're living on bread and water, right? Like punishing ourselves. And look what Jesus talks about when he talks about forgiveness. Go to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Jesus talked about forgiveness a lot. Now, let me set the table for what's taking place in Matthew 18. If you speak Christianese, and what I mean by that, if you've been a Christian for a little bit of time, you might have heard somebody say, when dealing with forgiveness and a sinning brother, use the Matthew 18 principle. Have you ever heard something like that before? And, 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 and what does that mean? Well, in Matthew 18, Jesus describes to the disciples, if your brother sins against you, first go talk to them. Like, you know, Ed and I have a situation. First, me go talk to Ed. Hey, Ed, you know, this is going on. That's what Matthew 18 says. If he doesn't listen, then bring somebody with you as a witness to try to talk and, and do that. That's the Matthew 18 principle. So then Peter, he wants some clarification. And look what he asked Jesus. Verse 21. This is right after Jesus explained this. 
Peter says. I want you to have that context. He says, sorry, wrong page. Then Peter came to him and said, all right, God, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Like, like seven times is a good number, right? Like divine number, you know, created the earth in six days, rested on the seventh. Like seven is a good number. If I do it seven times and Jesus answers and says, oh, Peter, Peter, Peter. That's what he said with his eyes. I'm imagining, right? Like I'm giving a little, he says, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, some of you pulled out a calculator, some of you doing it in your head. It doesn't mean 490 times. Jesus is actually saying, you don't keep a record of how many times you forgive. So then he gives it a little further explanation. Watch. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. I'm not going to charge you for it. That's what forgiveness is. I'm not charging you. I'm laying hold of that. I'm letting go of the claim. Then it says in verse number 28, that master, I'm sorry, that servant went out and found his fellow servant who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Look at verse 34. His master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Verse 35. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Well, let's break this down just for a bit. I said that unforgiveness is a prison and that the prisoner is the person who hasn't forgiven. And that's what happened ultimately here. This man was forgiven a debt of 100,000 talents. You couldn't even count it. But he chose to throw into prison the guy that owed him a small amount. And the result was he was thrown into the prison, not just into the prison, but to be tortured. 
And can I tell you, we are not hurting anyone by withholding forgiveness but ourselves. I describe it this way. It's like drinking poison and expect, expecting somebody else to have the effect. Ooh, I, hate, I can't stand them so much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to poison them. And you drink it. That's what unforgiveness is. It's hurting you. As a matter of fact, I can boldly tell you that unforgiveness will hinder your walk with God. You won't be able to pray. You won't be able to worship. You won't be able to connect. I guess like your prayers will just bounce off the walls, bounce off the roof, doesn't hear it. It's why Jesus tells us when you're praying. Mark eleven twenty five says, Jesus says this, when you're praying, if you remember your brother, if you have anything against them, Forgive them that your Father in heaven may forgive. Many times as Christians, we ask this question, why is it that I pray about something and I don't see it happen? Well, I would pose this question. Are there any roots of bitterness or unforgiveness in us that are stopping us from receiving that which God has for us? See, many of us, again, I said it, we want to receive quick forgiveness, but boy, do we hold it. And the Bible, again, I, I, I know we're talking about forgiveness on Father's Day is not the most popular topic, but look at what the Bible tells us about forgiveness in Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Philip over to Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13 says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. You know what this means to us? Forgiveness is a mandate. It's not an optional thing. Like, it's not an add-on. Like, it's, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer now. I'm a Christian. Okay, what are the add-ons to the package? Well, you can, you know, forgive people if you wanted to, or you can do this if you wanted to. No, 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 no. It is, it, it is standard, and it's required. But in our humanity, we try to make ourselves... think that we're justified based on a, con on a situation that took place, right? I I I've said this before. My wife and I got married. Um, she had, if you would, different time limits of being mad at me based on what I did, right? Like, you know, the keys were out of the wrong place. That's about a 12-minute penalty, right? You know? Uh, it's like hockey, right? Different pedal fouls, different things. The, you know, and depending on the infraction was how long she would stay mad. Even after I said I was sorry, okay, I forgive you. No, 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 45 minutes had to pass by. And, and I'm like, you know, like, she'd ask me that, but don't you know what you did? And every guy would say, no. Like, if I knew, right, guys, come on, think about it for a second. This happens to every guy. If we knew that would bother you, trust me, we wouldn't do it. No, 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 for real. We're that dumb sometimes, okay? <laughs> we, we are that oblivious. Like, 
it really is not a big deal to me that the keys, I just put them right by the door because when I leave, I need them from there, right? Like, it's not a big deal. It, I, I, this happens. And so we, 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 we were, we just, we're newlyweds and, and we're going through this and, 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 and I'd say, I'm sorry. She'd say, I forgive you. And I'd go about my business doing whatever I had to do. I was working or doing whatever. And she might be in another part of the house and she's fuming. You know, like, like the old cartoons, it, you, know, you would see smoke probably coming out of her ears, right? And then she'd come back and she'd be like, how can you just be like if nothing happened? But I said, I'm sorry. And, and you said, you forgive me. Were you lying? Like, and that, that, why did I say that, right? Like, why, whoa, man, you know, put, foot out of mouth, right? And, and then I remember even having a conversation with her one time. Because, you know, I'd, I'd ask her, I was like, hey, what's going on? Nothing. <laughs> Again, we're going back to the, we don't know what it was, honest, right? We just don't know. Honey, what's going on? Nothing. Nothing's wrong. Okay. Don't you? And, no, I don't. And so I remember I, I looked at her one time and I said, hey, hon, you know, when you say something to me, I expect you that you're telling me the truth. So if you tell me nothing's wrong... I am going to believe that nothing's wrong. Like, like I'm not going to have the bandwidth to try to figure out what nothing's wrong means. So let's talk about it. This was in the beginning of our marriage, and she talks about this a lot. That's why I'm, I'm saying it, it, it's, it's this thing where we feel that we need a justification or that we're letting somebody off the hook if we're quick to forgive. But the reality is it's a mandate from Jesus. It's a mandate from God. It's in the Lord's prayer, isn't it? Right? Like they ask Jesus, how do we pray? Teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Remember, we don't pray the Lord's prayer as a rote prayer, but it is a model that you can follow as to how to pray. And what is one of the components of the Lord's prayer? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In other words, if we don't forgive, there is a withholding of forgiveness. Oh, does that mean that if I don't forgive people, I don't go to heaven? No, because that would imply that you forgiving is an action that you are doing in order to earn your forgiveness. But Ephesians tells us that you cannot earn your salvation. But I will tell you, if you have received Jesus in your heart and his forgiveness, you will be quick to give what you have received. You'd be quick to give it. And many of us have wounds in our life from hurts from the past, and we haven't been able to let go of them, and it's why today, even after being a Christian for whatever number of years, we're still living in the same place, and we can't pray, and we can't worship, and we can't do this because of stuff that has happened, and it is a mandate. Here's another thing I can pull out from that, those two passages. It's an act of obedience. Forgiveness is an act of obedience, right? Think about when your children do something to the other one, and you pull them over. It's like, hey, go make it right with your sister. I have girls. So I'm like, go make it. And they go to the other Oh, Abigail, I'm sorry. Or Alexander, I'm sorry. Like, they are obeying me in going. And then it's not just about the one that was repenting. It's about the one that says, hey, forgive your sister. No, but no, 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 no. Hey, yeah. put that attitude away. You need to forgive your sister. Do you remember when you did it? Like, she forgave you. You got to forgive. It's obedience. 
To who? To God. Here's another third, a third thing I can pull from this. We forgive because we have been forgiven. We forgive because we have been forgiven. Can I tell you what? Jesus modeled forgiveness many times in the New Testament. I can think of the time that Jesus is in a crowded house and they open up a roof and they bring a leper, uh, not a leper, uh, a paralyzed person down on the bed, right? And Jesus looks at the guy and says, hey, your sins are forgiven you. Guy didn't even ask for forgiveness, but th- th- that's what Jesus said. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus, knowing what everybody was thinking, he looks at everybody and says, yeah, so that you know that I've got the power to forgive, dude, get up and walk. And the guy gets up and walks. I imagine Jesus like as a surfer. That's why I say dude a lot. I guess like, I don't know. I'm just saying. What happens with the woman that they, they catch in adultery? Jesus looks at her and says, hey, go and sin no more. He says this to the woman with the issue of blood. You're forgiven. Like he constantly was saying forgiveness, forgiving. And then he's on the cross in Luke 23, 34. And as he's on the cross and the people are, 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 are gambling for his clothes, what does Jesus say? He looks at the father and says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He modeled it. We need to be quick to forgive people. Not categories on if they did this, then I can forgive when I'm ready. Nope. You need to be ready to forgive when it happens. As a matter of fact, you need to be ready to forgive before it happens. Now, let's, let's be clear here. It doesn't mean that you forgiving the person takes you back to the same exact relationship you had with the person. That's not what it means. What forgiving means is I am letting go of the right to accuse you. I'm letting go of harboring anything against you. But hey, guess what? If you broke my confidence, I forgive you doesn't mean I'm going to go tell you my secret next time. You're going to rebuild that trust. That's a different conversation. But that's one of those lies of forgiveness. I didn't mention it as one of the lies, but it's one of the lies thinking, well, if I forgive them, that's it. I got to be best friends with them again. No. But you got to understand that you got to let yourself out of jail. You got to let yourself out of the prison of unforgiveness. It's a mandate. Can I tell you, sometimes we take on the unforgiveness of somebody else. Like they didn't even do anything to you, but you treat the other person like if it had been done to you. I, 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 I wasn't planning on saying this, but I said it in first service. I'm going to say it now. We, Patty and I, we, are, we experienced this on Friday. <clears throat> We were at a conference, and uh, she took one, uh, we, we went to the conference several nights, and we took Alex, Abigail one day, we took Alexander another day, whatever, right? And so she, uh, she takes Alexander to the bathroom, and um, it's in an arena, and so there's multiple levels, right? And so we're sitting in, in a bottom level, and there's a second level behind us. So she takes Alexander to the bathroom, and she goes, and she, and she makes her way back to the section but she comes in through the, the second level, the main level, and she needs to walk down to the bottom. And she goes to walk to the thing, and, and, the, and the guy tells her, oh, you can't go down through here. She's like, like literally, guys, like literally, the seat was like where the wall is. Right? Like, but that's my seat. Like, I'm sitting right there. Oh, no, no, no. 
this is a VIP area, and you're not allowed to walk through it. So she walks all the way, she has to walk all this way around to get back to our seat. And so as she's walking to my seat, I know my wife very well. Like, I could see her face. I knew something was wrong. So she, and I'm like, what happened? She's like, did I, like, they made me walk all the way around. And, like, it was right there. Like, I, I hate this, this type of, you know, this whole thing. I was like, oh, this is a preferred, I mean, If you don't know me, you'll know me now. I'm like, who was it? <laughs> Again, here to the wall. Like, it's not like a far place. So I looked at him. Was it that guy right there? I'll go talk to him. Like, who does he think he is? Like, like we're just walking through a thing, right? I even, you know what I, with, oh my God. I even looked at her and said, do you want to leave? I'm at a Christian conference. Worship is about to start. Hey, can I be, re- I can be vulnerable and real with you guys, right? Like, I'm just, be- I'm, I'm just, I'm being real. My words to her was, do you want to leave? I can't believe it. I thought you were a pastor. Yep, but I'm a man. I'm a Christian. And I'm working out my salvation too, right? So then... I said, let me see if they're going to tell me something. Alexandra, let's go for a walk. So we go. And I take her to the concourse. And we do a different thing. And I'm about to turn the route back to go. I was going to go purposely. And I just felt the Holy Spirit. I felt pretty, like, why are you doing that? Like, what you, wh- Why? went to the other place and we walked down and we walked to our seat and Patty's like did you go stand I was like no let's worship <laughs> right this, this is guys sometimes we take on what didn't even happen to us like there's people that have stopped talking to other brothers or sisters in Christ because of something that supposedly happened to somebody else they weren't even a part of it they don't even know they didn't even know thing And that's it. And you know who's in jail? You. You know who's suffering? You. Let's go back to my beginning of marriage, right? Like first few months of marriage. I was doing whatever I was doing, minding my own business, watching a game or doing whatever. And she's like, but how is he doing this? Does it not he know that I'm not ready yet to forgive? She was in a prison. And I was probably watching the Marlins lose or something. <laughs> Guys, forgiveness is not optional. Who do we need to forgive? Who do we need to forgive? Well, number one, anybody who hurt us. You need to forgive anyone who hurt you. Oh, but they didn't say, I'm sorry. Well, you know what? I know people that are still holding unforgiveness towards somebody who's dead. Guess what? That person ain't never going to be able to say, I'm sorry. And you're still in prison. As a matter of fact, I know, like, I I didn't want to preach about unforgiveness on Father's Day. Trust me. But I felt God hit me hard 
with the fact that there's so much unforgiveness towards fathers in this land. And we have transferred the issue with our earthly fathers to our heavenly father. And then we wonder why we're not able to have the relationship with our heavenly father that he's willing to have with us. And part of it is because I'm still holding a grudge against an earthly father. And sometimes not for anything they did to us. We've got to forgive. We need to make the choice to forgive. You know who else we need to forgive? Ourselves. Oh, how many times have I not heard? Oh, but pastor, I did this and I, 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 yes. But you repented and God forgave you. How about you give some grace to yourself and let yourself be out of prison? Forgive yourself. You know who else we need to forgive? God. Forgive God? I'm going to be transparent again. I've been mad at God. I've had moments where I say, but God, how could you let this happen? Why? And sometimes it wasn't anything that God did. It was decisions. It was actions. It was stuff. But I shift the blame. And so then I go through the motions. I go to church, but I just stand there. Or I just sing the songs and pretend I'm at a concert. Where God is moving, people are being touched by the Holy Spirit, and I'll leave and be like, the worship team just didn't have it today. No bubble. The unforgiveness didn't let you connect to God. You hadn't forgiven him. You were blaming him. And then we wonder why we're facing the different situations and circumstances. We need to make the choice to forgive. I came to Jesus when I was eight years old. I'm 43 now, I think. I don't know. Ask Samantha. She'll tell you how old I am. She walks around the house telling everybody how old they are. And um, my parents are awesome. I would put my dad up against any other dad. My dad has always been there for me. My dad would pick me up and take me to school since an early age. And I say pick up because my parents got divorced when I was two. But that didn't stop him from being a phenomenal dad. Pick me up, take me to school, make my lunch. Like he would show up to pick me up in my, and I had my little uh, blue and green igloo mini cooler with my ham sandwich and a bag of Doritos, because I didn't like melt, I only like melted cheese, so I would put my Doritos in my sandwich, because that was my cheese. Every single day. We'd go have breakfast with all my other brothers at El Brazo Fuerte, or we'd go to a Hueco, uh, it was actually the name of the restaurant, and, and we did, like, like, I had an amazing relationship. He's always been there. My daughter actually asked me this weekend, because we were at the University of Miami at this conference, and she says, Dad, but if you didn't come to the University of Miami, why are you such a Hurricane fan? I was like, because I would go with Abuelo to all the football games, and we'd watch the Hurricanes beat the snot out of everybody, and Jimmy Johnson would tell him, I can't tell my players not to score, so we're going to win 77-0. It is what it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
came to Jesus when I was eight. I'm growing in my walk with God. I become a minister. I'm a pastor. And I'm at an encounter retreat. And there was a specific section where they separated the men from the women. They started preaching and talking to us about forgiveness. I remember exactly where I was standing in the room of the building where it was. I remember like it was yesterday. Where I realized that even though I had an amazing father, I had unforgiveness and resentment towards him. And you ask the self, you ask, like, he was always there. Why would you have unforgiveness? Why would you have resentment? And I received healing. um, And I got in my car when this was over. I'm like 25 years old. I'm I'm like, this is like time has passed. He knows Jesus already at this point and all the the things. And I drove, I left the retreat and I drove straight to my dad's house. I said, I need to talk to you. He said, what's up? I said, I got to say, I'm sorry. He's like, what do you mean I'm sorry? I said, Dad, I've had unforgiveness towards you since I was a little kid. He asked me why. He's like, you're a great kid. I'm like, you've been a great dad. I said, you know... You've always been there. But in my heart, I had something against you. Because since we were divorced, if I had a bad dream in the middle of a week, you weren't there. He didn't do it to me. But I let that grow into a tree that was stopping me from having an even better relationship with an amazing father. And even a better relationship with my heavenly father. But I had to acknowledge that I was in a prison. I was in a pain that did not get imposed on me by anybody else but me. And when that changed... Relationship got even better. Relationship with my heavenly father got even better. Because something that was in there was uprooted. The prisoner was set free. And so what is it in our lives that we are allowing to keep us in a bondage that is affecting our marriage? that is affecting the relationship with our children, that is affecting the relationship with our parents, that is affecting a relationship with a coworker, that is affecting the relationship with anybody around us, what is it that is keeping us in bondage that we are saying, I can't let go? And let's today make the choice to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. I choose to forgive the person who hurt me. It doesn't mean that what they did was right, but I choose to forgive. 
I choose to forgive myself because, man, so many times in my life, I've done something so foolish or so dumb that I've gotten into the place where I'm at because of me. And then I want to make myself pay. And I punish myself. Pride does that. Arrogance does that. And I got to flush it out. I love uh, Pastor Joyce Meyer. She has this quote. It says this, unforgiveness is spiritual filthiness. So get washed in the water of God's word to forgive and stay clean. Spiritual filthiness. Guys, if we can't forgive, we can't receive it. And God loves you so much that it says in the book of Romans that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Understand the concept that before you were born, before I was born, Jesus already forgave us for what we did. It's time to receive the freedom that comes with forgiving. And this morning on this Father's Day, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And the team is going to begin to play something. But I really feel heavy that we need to go through a time of forgiveness this morning. We need to go through a time where we begin to articulate who we're forgiving. Come on, start playing, please. How do you forgive? You forgive as you pray. There's people that have hurt me, and I pray for them every day. Part of my daily prayer when I pray is I pray for that person that hurt me severely. Why? Because it's not natural to want to forgive the person because it hurt. So I say, Lord, I forgive Fulanito and Fulanita, and I forgive this and I forgive that. If it comes to my mind, I declare it, God, I choose to forgive. It's a constant thing. And what are we supposed to do? Well, this is, what, this is what God said. This is what Jesus said. Look at Matthew. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. How do we forgive we pray for the people. We bless them. 
We pray that God may heal them, that God may uplift them, that God may work in their heart, that God would take care of them. We pray for them to walk in a blessing, whether they apologized or not, whether they were sorry or not, whether you did it, no matter what it is, we pray for them. Because in that freedom, we're able to worship our Heavenly Father. Can I tell you that there are tons of medical journals that talk about unforgiveness and its effects on health, on stress, lack of sleep, cancer, church, especially as a Christian, a follower of Jesus, we need to be quick to forgive. I would like you to pray, I invite you to pray this with me this morning. Say, God, I'm sorry for imprisoning myself with unforgiveness. This morning, I choose to forgive. I choose to let go. I choose to bless those who curse me. I choose to bless those who hurt me. Today, I choose to forgive. God, I forgive myself. And God, I forgive you. You've had nothing but good planned for me. And I declare, I walk into them because I choose to forgive. In Jesus' name. As we begin to worship, there's some of you here and watching online that you need to specifically pray forgiving a person that hurt you. And as the worship team is lifting up voice and we're all worshiping God, right there where you are, I invite you to forgive those people and by name pray for them listen I'm not telling you to get on your phone later and call somebody to tell them I forgive you only do that if God tells you to because at the end of the day that person might not even know you still have something against them but you need to let yourself out of jail today that's what this is about on this Father's Day in the house of the Father we walk into freedom because we choose to forgive